0: Welcome back to episode 17 of the Top Loaded Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Guerrillaship.co.uk, the UK's number one choice for sports card and memorabilia and joining me today is a man who's got hot fingers in the breaking world pulling a Jude Bellingham in a from the new promo, and also out a booklet. It's the one and only Lucas from TFF. How are you doing pal?
1: I'm not too bad, thank you for having me on. How are you doing?
0: Yeah I'm very good thank you and I say they've been a load of people actually reaching out as soon as i announced that you was on this pod that they was like i can't wait for it so how does it feel at the moment that you've got a load of people just wanting to hear you talk and not like they don't anyway we're literally every night on twitch anyway um it's a bit odd right i mean i've done it
1: for a while done streaming for a while but um it's never been like this It's a lot different streaming a football game compared to doing cards really so um i'd say the retention of people coming back and wanting to watch even if they're not involved, and the cards is amazing, to be fair, and uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I do get bullied, essentially, and that's why I think people come in is to take their anger out from the day <laughs> on me, but,
0: you know, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> definitely, that's definitely one place i am going to start, because uh, Aaron at the tra- Trading Club, when he puts out the lives, when the card submissions come back, and you've been very unlucky of late like, some of your submissions <laughs> coming back, and there's been some very harsh grades, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, I got a. Oh, I don't even know where to start. I got a... <laughs> SGC 4.5 Van Dyke Fusion. So they're already short prints enough, so I was like nearly crying at that one. But I think the SGC Raider must have like sat on it or something, because I don't have a clue how I got a 4.5. Um, and then the latest one was a manet Red Stainless Stars from Impeccable, and it came back a uh, PSA 5. <laughs> and then I got a load of Gerrards, the Autograph 30 Seasons, and they came back an 8. So everyone's taking the Met going shirt number so you can't win can you <laughs> you,
0: can, you can never win especially when it comes down to the world of just being lucky with graders I think we've all been in a position it sounds like you more than most at the moment but we've always been let down but we go on to the main reason like I would say before you streaming like playing games but what actually made you think oh, I'd like to really start like cracking sealed boxes and like actually doing breaks
1: um it was a weird one really i've kind of gone in and out of twitch um and then i came back into it probably lockdown down towards the end of lockdown probably like a year before it ended lockdown um it must have been the new cycle of fifa actually so probably about august july and then during that off period in fifa um streamers tend to go onto different things so i watched a lot of castra and i do watch a lot of Castra and i have done for years um And I saw he was opening these Euro 2020 select boxes. And I was thinking to myself, what on earth are those? Because I've always, you know, collected stuff. Um, I think the first time I had was like World Cup 2006 stickers. I think that was the first one I got bought. Um, And I I just saw him opening it. So I thought, you know what? I want to see what it's all about. And then he was getting autographs out there and patches out there. And I was thinking, hold on. They're not match attacks. I was like, I need to get involved in that. I think he got a Van Dyke of some sort. And I'm a Liverpool fan. So... I thought, I've got to do that. Um, so I decided to buy a box uh, at the point. It was a terrible value box. I think I just bought it off one of the, uh, I think I bought it off like Steel City Collectibles or something. Didn't realise you got hit with import tax. Um, so it just wasn't a good time at all, really. But got it in anyway, and I thought, I only want the Netherlands cards, because I only wanted Wijnaldum at the time because he was at Liverpool and Van Dyke. So then I listed it all on eBay, all the different spots, because I thought, I don't really know what to do. Um... I had a Discord at the time for FIFA, but no one was really interested in cards, and I think people were sort of liking the idea of it, but not um, wanting to get in just yet. They wanted to see what was happening first. Anyway, listed them on eBay. I um, can't remember whether I listed them as a bit auction. I don't think I listed them as an auction. I think I listed them as a fixed price with offers on them. Uh, in the end, I think it took... God, how long was that? I think it was three or four weeks to... Um, not even sell it out by the way, to get, I think, 10 spots of the 20 sold. Um so that was great. So I just took essentially all the rest of the cards. Um and I just thought, let's just get it done. I had no idea what I was doing, didn't know what top load, what to sleeve. Uh, I wore gloves for the, I know people do wear gloves, but I don't wear like them anymore. But I wore gloves. And yeah, from there it kind of just kicked on, I suppose. It was going from like one break every three, four weeks. And then after about a month or two, it was then like, you know one break every few days or whatever and then it's just slowly progressing to more and more which is just amazing to be fair and the craziest thing from it is that there are still people getting in my breaks from that very first break off ebay and it's just <laughs> like why are you still here
0: <laughs> no it's definitely i think everyone agrees that the hobby's gone pretty much crazy within the last two years but especially the last year and like you say going from ebay like selling your spots on ebay to pretty much i've seen you list up a break and then 25 minutes later you're saying oh i might as well break this or you've ended up doing the infamous duck race on a filler which is very fun to watch uh, unless you're in the filler and then your guy finishes one spot out of the places which mine normally does <laughs> uh, so my my duck's been injured on route somewhere but fair enough but obviously you said like you started with the panini euro collection which you see castro break um how did you ever find that product? Was that kind of like the stumbling block? And then once you really got into it, you was like started researching the products. <coughs> then was there an area that you thought, oh, I'd really like to break that in the future. Or is it just what you could get your hands on?
1: Um, at that time it was more so I've, I've, I've obviously watched Castro for a while. So luckily I've been able to message him and stuff. So at the time I did message him and ask what it was. Um, so he told me what the box was and stuff. And then it was just a matter of asking what the US websites were. So Obviously, Blowout, David Adams, whatever, Steel and Steel City, whichever. And it was at that point I went on there. And I just saw loads of different things. So I was thinking to myself, well, if Castro's doing this, then there must be other people doing it. So i type in the box on YouTube, and then, you know, all the various US breakers would come up. Um, so it was a matter of just watching them, seeing what worked for them, seeing what didn't work for them necessarily, and seeing what boxes people liked. So I think from Euro 2020 Select, because obviously Steel City and Blowout or whatever, they all have, you know, pretty much all the boxes, don't they? Um, So Euro 2020 was the one that I started with. I think then I moved across to ones like, which I wish I would have bought more of, to be honest, like Green Chronicles 1920, um, which obviously had the big rookies in uh, at the time, obviously Mason Mount. I won't say one of them who played for United, but yeah. (laughs) Um, And then... The ones which I really wish I would have got into because I love doing those the 1920 UCL Chrome, which obviously was a Harlem first year set and um, Fatty. and UCL Museum of the same year. Now at that point they were 200, 300 quid a box, and obviously now you look at them like two grand a box or something stupid. It's just like what is going on, but it was just a progression really, seeing what other people did, and kind of it was it was more so just testing the water a little bit to be fair because I didn't put a lot of money into it to begin with, just because I didn't really know where it was going to go. You don't know with the business, do you? And then as people were liking it more and more, I kind of just followed what people like. So people like the Champions League stuff, and they still do like the Champions League stuff, I think, especially with what's happened with this year's Prism. People just prefer the Champions League stuff, I think, compared to the Premier League stuff, because there's better players in there, better autographs, I think, and it's just, it looks nicer overall, I think um so yeah it was more so just i could get my hands on anything really because as i say blowout and all the other websites they have everything on there, whether the price is good or not i didn't know that at the time so just kind of bought from steel city and um yeah as long as people were enjoying it and they'd come back to me say oh i want to do another one i'd go and get another one you know they said oh no i don't that one wasn't very good i'd then move on to a different one so i'd go from green chronicles to obsidian maybe to yeah whichever else and to be fair that first year of products that i did were probably the best ones i've done i think i think they don't compare to this the, the new stuff i don't think which is i think why the price on them at the moment uh is so high
0: yeah definitely i think that's a perfect segment into my next question is especially if you look back on some of the products like the chronicles the last release to the actual green release which was 1920 um the products obviously they're slowly getting bigger in terms of their checklist with the different variations especially if you look at the tops chrome champions league from this year um, and you look at the light boxes they're bringing out as well have you really noticed that within like the last couple of calendar years in terms of actual product that the checklists are getting bigger and sometimes not even as good obviously it helps when you're starting out a product like the green chronicles with the brilliant rookie checklist that first year that you would have been breaking the rookie checklist was such a good checklist. You obviously likes of even like now with Dusan Flajovic's are in there. You've got, um, you even had uh, who's the other one? I think there's like a few, Raphael Liao, who was not even a big yeah. one at the time, is now a big one. So these products are so, yeah. Do you think that it was just an exceptional rookie class and products, but now it's also not just about the cards, but the companies getting the most amount of money out of each product.
1: Um, To a degree, yeah. So I think it's less so the rookie checklist, maybe for this year's product, 21, 22, because you've only got like Gavi. uh, I can't even think, to be honest. Whereas the year before, you've got Pedri, you've got Camavinga, you've got all those guys. So I don't think it's less, it's more And Bellingham, obviously, which I think you could argue probably a better rookie class than the year before, maybe. Um, But I do think the print runs on the products have obviously increased. I think Panini, at at the moment specifically Panini, because I think tops are quite in touch with the market still, I think. Um, I'm surprised at how many UCL Chrome cases were released as well, though. So it's, it's it's one of those, really. But I think Panini especially, you look at the price of the boxes they were doing and what you could get in there. Uh, a lot, you know, numbered stuff is a lot lower. You look at Chronicles now, you've got to 500 on some things. And it's like, well, hold on. What's the point at that point? It's just so high-numbered, isn't it? It's just like, why? Whereas you look at the year before, and I don't know what the highest-numbered thing was in 1920, but I assume it was nowhere near maybe to 199 or something. I assume it was nowhere near 500. Um, and I think that is down to the fact that they know now, because there's been a boom, that they can sell more. And because they can sell more, they can even increase. The, the issue is, I think, in the US, when they release something, people buy it. doesn't matter what the price is, people buy it. Uh, whereas in the UK, I think it's a lot more price sensitive. If they release something, uh, you know, like Dom Ross for example. I quite like Dom Ross myself, and I think the Kaboom's in there and the Cater also were great. But I don't think it was a $500 box, which now the price of it reflects that on the uh, secondary market. Um, the fact that Panini might have to sell out all the boxes for $500 just, I think, explains it to everybody. Um, the damage on the cards as well, a lot of them are pretty poor. Luckily, the Kabooms, the Numbers, and the Autos don't really get affected. It's more so the back cards, but the damage is atrocious. And I think that's why Bomruss could have been so good. And there are still people who come to me and go, oh, can you do a list Rust? Can we do a Donruss? And I'm like, yeah, of course, because I've got it. Just for the case it. So they're not interested in the parallels or anything like that. It's just the case it also the Kabooms and that's it. And it's a difficult one, you know, because I do think there's a... The quality of the product, you could argue, is definitely maybe not as good as it was. But I don't know whether that's just because it's more mass produced. Because um, I do think tops are still in touch with the market, as I've said, because you look at Pearl, which has only just been shipped after about five years, but Pearl, um, Inception, Deco and Gold, I don't think they're bad sets. And for the price points, I think they're really good. The curated sets as well, I think are really good. And I think Panini lacked that. Like you look at this year's PRISM, and oh my God, I have no idea what they decided on PRISM, but it was just an absolute shocker. I, to be honest, I'm still waiting on my breakaway boxes to arrive, so I can't comment on those, but the hobby boxes, are, it's like one in a million. The, the, the one in a million boxes is unbelievable, but the rest of them are absolutely horrific. Like The other day, I think someone bought three PRISM boxes. I think two of them, the autos were like Webster from Brighton, Lanzini from West Ham, I'm probably like Ricky Lambert or something. I can't remember the other one, but... And then the the final box he did, because he just thought this was the final one, he guess it's to 10 emergent uh, Smith row, which obviously the lower numbered prisms are still sky high. It doesn't matter what product that is. Um, So I, 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 I don't know really what to say, really, with regards. I think Panini are definitely, for me, and I don't know what you think, maybe you think differently. I think Panini are a, a, a long way behind tops at the moment, and I think they've really disconnected. I don't know whether that's because fanatics have come in at tops and you know switched things up and they've gone a lot more aggressive with their pricing and you know the autographs they've got or oh, just panini just trying to get as much money as possible. Like for example, Mosaic that came out as well. I love the design of Mosaic, and I think a lot of people love it. It looks fantastic, it's much better than Prism, it's great. But then there's one numbered card per box. And then there's an auto as well, which is a bit hit and miss. Obviously, the case hits are nice, but I don't understand why there's... Because it was the same with Euro and Mosaic, and I would have thought they would have learned their lesson to get more numbered cards in there, but they clearly haven't. And I don't know why they've done that, really. I like Mosaic myself, and a lot of people um, that get involved with me like, like Mosaic as well just because of the design. They're not going for it for the numbered cards again. though. like Dom Ross, they're going for it for the case hits, the nice autos. And, yeah, I think overall, if I could sum it up, I just think... Um, it, it probably it has changed a lot, and um, I think the products it is more so. I think for Panini especially, less so tops. I think it is about getting as much money out as possible because they realize football is such a big market, and I do think it's inevitable now that um, I think Panini will lose the Premier League license. I think so. I think the way tops are going, and I think they full well know that. And I think they're just trying to milk it now with as much as they can because I think they've only got two, three years left on that contract. So, yeah.
0: No, I definitely agree with you there, where I've been a big fan of Topps for a while, especially their Chrome, but one of their more release, like recent breaks, which was the Bundesliga Club Chrome set, I think it was a very underrated set because it's a fun rip. It, obviously, it was retailing about £120 per box, but in my box, I've got like six numbered cards, an auto, and a few other parallels, and it's just a fun rip. Like, you, can, you don't know what you're going to get, but there's an abundance of opportunities. Like you say, where it's Mosaic, it's very much if you don't hit in like the one or two spots it's a pretty much a base box so tops are doing a very good job and i know you've also there's another sport that you're uh, breaking and i've had some of your breaks which is f1 and especially sapphire as well and normal crowd how how crazy obviously we talk about football a lot in the soccer like in the trading card world in the uk but f1 is going crazy at the moment and how much do you enjoy ripping f1 sapphire especially because it's obviously very similar to the soccer release, but it's the, like the ceiling on it is ridiculous.
1: I, the thing with F1 that I like is if you get a Lewis Hamilton card or a low-numbered Lewis Hamilton card, it's probably worth about five houses, probably. It's, um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's, it's just an amazing thing to open. I'll be completely honest. My F1 knowledge isn't great. I obviously know the drivers. Um, I know who they drive for. I couldn't tell you a lot more than Lewis Hamilton's. I, I you know what? I'm not going to say it. No controversy, but yeah, Lewis Hamilton's <laughs> obviously up there. So is Verstappen and all those guys. And to be honest, it was more so... I had a bit of an influx of people coming in for the football stuff, but then they'd then go, oh, can we get F1 done? So I was like, okay. So I started with the 2020 stuff, which is obviously the the better stuff now. Everyone loves the, the 2020 stuff. Oh, the 2019 stuff. Anyway, not this year's, as the year before. Yeah, twenty. and um, the Sapphire. And it was just... Cr- I didn't realise the value on these cards until I got one. I, I pulled a... I can't remember what it was. It was a low number. It was like Ocon or something. And I was just like, Ocon. And everyone was like, yeah, he's all right. He's not great. But then it was like, a stupid amount of money. And I sat there going, hold on. So I had to look online and you're looking at like Hamilton, not well, the portraits from that year. And they're just like a couple hundred quid for just a base portrait. It's just like, what? So then obviously more and more went through and then all the new f1 stuff came out which tops absolutely smashed i thought um, i thought it was fantastic to be fair especially sapphire i thought sapphire was brilliant uh for breaking i don't think it was great for personals but i think for breaking it was great because as a personal you're probably opening that and you're probably not going to get what you paid for back whereas as a break if you hit something you, you saw it essentially because it wasn't that expensive the way it was done um I'm. Um, so I, I enjoy doing it. To be fair, I enjoy doing things that are different to football because it's new for me. I learn a lot of stuff from people. And to be fair, the chat love it because they can give me a load of stick because I can't pronounce the names. Like I can't. Which I, I can't even remember. Like Carlos Signs wasn't calling him Signs. Was calling him like Sainz or something, and everyone was loving that. Um, so that no, to be fair, it's all about the interaction for me, and those boxes that people like makes it fun for me to do. Obviously, football's where I know a lot of stuff and everyone else does, but F1, it's, it's just fun learning from other people. And you can see the banter because with football, you know, the United-Liverpool banter, but you can see the banter between people who like different drivers and different teams. And that was quite fun to just watch because I couldn't even engage, really, in that, to be fair, other than trying to, like, uh, make people a little bit annoyed and say things controversial to uh, annoy them. But <laughs> but no, F- F1's great. And I think... um I'd definitely do more. I think the price of the boxes went sky high, though, didn't they? I think that was the main thing that kind of stopped as many people getting into it because it started I think top release, the hobby, what, 500, something like that, um, or 400, and then it just skyrocketed all the way up. to like 1.2, like 1.2K, I think. Um, I think that was down to the fact. That I think people thought F1 is going to do the same thing as last year. It's just going to go absolutely crazy, and I think now we've seen it's dropped a lot. And I think that's just down to the fact that light boxes are in there. Light boxes, the same with UCL Chrome, the print run now on base cards are just ridiculous. And although I like the light boxes I think the Ray Waves are fantastic, I do think I has dropped the um, F1 market a little bit. And I might be wrong, to be fair. I don't have a lot of knowledge, but that's what I think's happened. And uh, But it means the F1, you know, the other boxes have skyrocketed now. They've gone even higher. I think the Sapphire boxes from that year are like $4,000 or something stupid. And they were like, I think they were pre that set, and they were two thousand dollars, I think. And then once that's been released, people have gone, "That's the set we want for that." It's just crazy, crazy money.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think what people will forget about that twenty twenty F one is that is the maiden voyage for F one cars in a truly big set. Obviously, there was other sets before it, but like you say, it was a it's a brilliant product F one to watch to rip if you have the resources. available, like you say, it's, but it's great as well because. What I like, and I don't know if you would agree, that you'd like to see this in sport, uh, like football. It might be a bit harder, but having the F two in there, it has these like these twenty drivers that have a future of potentially in F one who could become world champions, could become very good drivers. Do you like having that, where it's like a little subset in it, where these drivers are the future of motor racing, but some of them obviously are going to be bus and will never drive in F one and potentially would never even do well in F two. But do you like that, having a bit more of a scope of maybe? there's this guy who no-one cares about. Like, if you look at the first set, you had obviously Mick Schumacher, Yuki Tsunoda, who was F2 rookies in that one, who now F1 drove. Do you like having the F2 drivers in there or do you think like you'd rather it just be fully F1? Or could you see this like in Champions League products where they had like selected other teams or even like a Premier League one where they try and like involve like Football League or something?
1: I I like it in F1. And I think the reason why it works in F1 is because there's a small driver pool. Because I think there's what like 15 drivers or something small, uh, or maybe maybe a bit more than that. But there aren't as many drivers as there are football players. Is my point that I'm getting at? Whereas I think if they release like the football league, and although I know there's a lot of fans in the football in you know like championship and all that type of stuff, I just think that I don't know if it would work because you look at you know teams in the Premier League, they've got like five six players per whatever, per team. You add championship on top of that, and then it's like, I think it's a bit overkill, whereas I think in F2, there's just such a smaller pool of things you can get. It just adds to it, because I think those F2 rookies are kind of, you could argue, similar to rookies who play for like Bruges or something, the Champions League, who you know full well aren't going to go and win the Champions League. It's not like Bellingham, where he plays for Dortmund, they're good, or Gavi or whatever, he plays for Barca, they're good. It's, you know, Bruges, where they're not going to win, they're there. But they could go to a big team, and I think that's why the F two drivers I think people like because so they could go like Mick Schumacher or whatever. they've obviously gone to a bigger team and then um in the F one. and um I, I think that's what how it's similar. I think like the like I said, the Bruges and the F two, but I, I think the other thing as well, just to touch on with the older f one stuff. I think and I'm sure Aaron and you can probably comment on it or Aaron can probably come on, to it, come on ugh, comment on it a lot more is that the grading was a lot harsher on those cards. Like, it's a lot harder to get the higher grades, which is why I think, of what I've been told anyway, which is why they're so expensive, because I think they were averaging like 7s and 8s or something, because they were graded that harsh. And then the ones that are 9s and 10s were so rare. That's why they're worth so much money. Whereas I feel like now, I think this year's set's a lot easier to grade, I think, or a lot better to grade. So... It's a weird one that really isn't it because I suppose I th- tops on most of their things say at least the PSA eighth is it on tops now stuff or something and it's surprising that that's so low on the F1 but it makes it better for people who have good cards I suppose if it's in good condition it's worth a fortune then happy days for them but yeah I think that's the difference. there, I think
0: Yeah no definitely I think like you're saying F1 2020 especially there's so much edge peeling on the cards that if you actually do get a pristine 2020 card it the value will automatically go up. In fact, you see your Sapphire portraits of Leclerc, Verstappen and Hamilton in their 10 for a base, you literally you're talking a base portrait Sapphire card. It's in near enough a thousand plus. And it's crazy when you think of it in the world of like football, if you had a base card for going for anything like three, four hundred, you'd be amazed about it. But that's more like the more common release sets. But I know obviously you like to break like Immaculate as well. And as you have like other products coming out soon, like Impeccable and, all these other products, do you find a big difference when trying to fill breaks between the cheaper breaks of like your CHOPS Champions League or like your Immaculate? Because obviously it's a very much uh, more high-risk, high-reward product in terms of Immaculate because there's a load of cards in it, but you only get like the seven cards.
1: Um, It's a difficult one, really. I think on releases, I think both fill. It's more so, you know, after the, the release of the products where... People are now, they've seen a few boxes and they think, well, that comes out a lot. This doesn't come out a lot, so I'm not going to buy that anymore. Or, you know, whichever way you look at it. And Obviously, the, the cheaper stuff is obviously a lot easier to fill. So you look at Premier League, Mosaic, UCL, Chrome, whatever. It's a lot easier to fill than, say, if you did an immaculate case break at current prices of the boxes. So say, you know, I think the immaculate boxes are now about 2,000. If you do a case of that, it's obviously going to be a lot to get involved in um, the big spots, which is why I don't do it, to be fair. And um, it's the only way I do it now with Immaculate, really, is through random players, um, which a lot of people like, to be fair. It's a cheaper way of getting involved in a big box. And people just like it. You pay, like, £3. And if you get a card, you get a card. If you don't, it's £3, isn't it, I suppose? But people like the fact that you can get a £3 and... I'm sure people will have seen of less than I'm sure you may have seen as well. The, the best one I've ever had from that was a guy called Jonas, who I think he bought ten spots, so thirty pounds worth of spots, in immaculate, and he came up with a one of one Ronaldo boot patch, which the Messi version sold for sixty thousand. Um, and he, <laughs> he we, were, we were trying to, he's from Germany, so we were trying to debate how he's going to get it over there. And before I knew it, he'd flown over to Liverpool to come and get it off me. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, that's the way that I like doing it, though. I think that's a lot less risk for people. People like it. It's a bit of a punt, isn't it? And if you get it, happy days, if you don't, it is what it is. But like I say, the higher end stuff, I think there's, there's, you know, some people prefer, like, some people prefer UCL Chrome because of the design of it, and they're not that into immaculate cars. Whereas I think people, there are collectors who only go for the high end stuff, like immaculate, impeccable, sapphire. And things like that and they like that that's what they like and they're willing to pay it because if they hit what they want you know it's worth a lot more than that to them anyway um whereas i think but i do think ucl chrome and you know the the cheaper boxes appeal to a much wider audience because they can get involved it's fun and they can hit something big from it um because it's like you know an immaculate or impeccable well, like impeccable compared to and um, last year's impeccable Say if you wanted like a Gerard autograph or like if you buy Liverpool, it's going to be expensive and impeccable because the box is expensive. Whereas UCL Chrome, the Liverpool spot's expensive in UCL Chrome because of Gerard and Van Dijk. does more Liverpool autos, but it's less than impeccable. And I think people like that. They can get the card they want to the player, but they spend less, I think is the um, thing. And I think it's just down to personal preference. Listen, I quite like impeccable cards, immaculate cards, but at the same time, I love UCL Chrome cards. And I think, for me, the best ones are ones like Museum, where they're kind of in between high-end and, you know, UCL Chrome. So I think they just sit bang on in the middle, great designs, small print runs on them, and they're just great, and they offer everything. That's that's my thing anyway. And I think people fill those ones, the ones like Museum, a lot better than Immaculate and Impeccable, because it is, like I say, in the bang on in the middle, and the price is a lot better than Impeccable and Immaculate.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, there's a load of products, like, out there now, but it gives a good range for people. Obviously, for any poor old Arsenal fan like myself, we uh, look in awe of Champions League top of chrome and think one day we might be back in there. But so we're we're just hoping that Merlin chrome makes a re-emergence next season in them Europa League teams. But it's easy enough for you, <laughs> Liverpool fans who are in every single product now, especially every single Champions League product. 30 seasons, celebrations, a lot of it. But I know you're a big fan of the 30. As years of ucl collection with the autos and different cards do you think that's another thing what tops have done really well is bringing out these creative sets slash like living sets and their weekly releases which like target the audience what they are but you can just buy the card rather than just hoping to pack it well try and buy the card as it normally is on a monday
1: it's just a lot um like i say that i feel tops are a lot more connected with the market they know exactly what we want and they provide it. And I don't think the prices they provide them are bad either. I think they're really good. And I think the 30 seasons, you look at the ones that are in there, the, the main ones are obviously Liverpool and United, really. They're the main pools, I think, for all Tops, Panini, Futira, whatever. They're the main two, I think, that especially in the UK, that people want because of, you know two biggest clubs. And I think when you're releasing Steven Gerrard autographs, which... Essentially, um, you know, you don't see them with images like you see with them holding the Champions League trophy, which you cannot get better than ever. People are going to buy them. There's no way they're not they're not selling. It doesn't matter. They could have put the price like double, I think, on all of them, and they would have sold out because of the image alone. And I think that's the main thing they've done, the images. And I think it's also something that I should touch on is the images that top spot on the cards are 100 times better than the, the images that Panini put on because Panini just seems to get the player, stick a background on the back, happy days were done. Whereas tops now, you look at Stadium Club, like you said, with Bundesliga, some of those images are incredible. Like you look at Muller on one of them holding a flag that's about 100 times bigger than him, which thing? how on earth are you holding that? And you've got some guy with a sprinkler hitting him in the face. It's, it's just fantastic. And I think, you know, for a Liverpool fan anyway, you look at the Gerard volley against Olympiacos, incredible moment, fantastic image there for the auto. Champions League lift, you can't get better than and then, to be fair, I probably shouldn't say this, but I have bought some United ones as well. Not, not, yeah, I did buy them by accident. Um, so, like Andy Cole, there's obviously, you know, for United fans, Andy Cole, Paul Scholes, the Lampard one for Chelsea, I thought was big actually as well. I think that's a massive one. And I just think it's getting those players, which haven't, and they all haven't really had that much exposure from other products with autographs. Like, I think Paul Scholes, I don't think I've seen him in any other than, you know, the recent top ones. And I think that, combined with the images they use, people love, because it's so rare anyway, isn't it? The autographs are rare on their own, let alone an unbelievable image, low-numbered card, and a decent price. Um, and yeah, I just think it's great, to be fair. I, I, I'm a big fan of the 30 seasons, like you say. I like The Lost Rookie as well, but 30 seasons for me, only because of the Gerard trophy Left is fantastic. I was hoping, if tops are listening, and the need to do it, is get... The Divock Origi Trent goal, but with Trent's horse to on it or Origi's, that'd be fantastic. I don't think they are, but they need to.
0: That'd be the yeah. best card on there. <laughs> definitely. But if they are listening, I've definitely seen a load of Liverpool fans out there been asking for that one for a long while. And they've done it on two different designs. The last thing about Tops and obviously their plans, like not just to take over the soccer world, but they've recently announced that they've signed an agreement with PSG. Yeah. And everyone's thinking has gone to one thing straight away. And obviously there was a recent row uh Red Bull Salzburg tops Chrome set. Yeah. And now people are thinking about the chance of potential Killian and Mbappe autos, Messi yeah. autos, which are debated from night to day uh, if they're legit or not, but that is a big show that they've gone out and gone to one of the biggest teams in the world with some of the biggest players in the world and gone, we're going to get you exclusivity rights. And, what sets they're going to do, like created sets, chrome, and all It's just only going to make tops bigger, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I th- they've confirmed the chrome set, haven't they? I think they've confirmed that, and I just think that's going to be... Oh, my God. I mean, the Salzburg set was incredible with Emmy Sesko, Sučić. great. If they can get an Mbappe on card also in for that box, that box is worth a fortune. It'll be unbelievable. It'll be the grail card of a lot of people, but I think they know exactly what they're doing. They're going for the big clubs, all the... Salzburg, obviously, with a load of young talent coming through. Um, and I don't think it'll be long before they get some more big clubs, to be fair. I wouldn't be surprised if they target the big clubs in England and, you know, big clubs in Spain and all that stuff. Um I, don't, I, don't, I can't even put into words how excited I am for that PSG set. I opened the Salzburg set and it was unbelievable. It was a great set. The on-card also is a fantastic... Um, and I just think I think Neymar's I think the, the autographs Neymar and Messi are given They're the two They're two And there's three big ones And it's Mbappe Is the one that everyone's Probably sat there thinking Are they going to get Mbappe To sign the card And if they get Mbappe To sign the card Imagine this, if they release Mbappe also In other sets as well I'm telling you Panini just going to get Blown out the wall So it's not even going to be Fair It's not fair that they've got Mbappe also I don't think But uh, I just think Like I say, tops are exactly what people want. And it's something, again, everything that they seem to do 30 seasons, Salzburg set, PSG, whatever it's all limited stuff that we haven't seen before. So it's all the autographs are so limited and rare that everyone's like, oh my God, I need to get that. And if they put like an Mbappé, even you know what, even if it's Messi and Neymar, people are going to go, oh my God, I need to get an on card Messi or Neymar autograph because that's incredible. Well, if they put Mbappe in there, he's never had an autograph before. It's on card, it's a fantastic design. And I'm sure the image will be unbelievable as well. Probably one of his celebrations. And I'm telling you, everybody will love it. And that's just the thing. They know exactly, like I say, they literally limited stuff. People want it. Boom, it'll be sorted. The only thing that I am concerned about for my bank account is how much this is gonna cost. Because if Salzburg was two and a half thousand. They've got Mbappe autographs in there. That is not two and a half thousand, is it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I was reading an interesting point someone said the other day that if, especially if the one of one isn't pulled, the boxes are going to... Every time someone opens a box, the price of the other boxes will go up. And who knows that potentially it could be left with a situation where Neymar, Messi and Mbappe on card auto. One of one's not been pulled. (laughs) then boxes are going to be going for ridiculous amounts of well, I
1: Well, I think the Dortmund versions of those a few years ago with Haaland, I think they're at $20,000 a box now. Uh, I don't know if the one-of-one's been pulled, but... Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. That's making me nervous now. I'm just going to buy them and just sit on them forever, and then it as <laughs> the one-of-one one comes just cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, no, yeah, that's it's a brilliant thing to think uh, obviously there's a load of products coming up this year. Last one we talked about in terms of breaking is yeah. obviously it's a world cup year as well. So is there any products that you're looking forward to that's been announced yet, or is it going to be case where you're going to try a bit of everything and then see how it goes?
1: I think it's try a bit of everything. I think the thing that we're all waiting on, and I think it could be the redemption for Panini is the world cup prison. I think if they get that right, I think they've redeemed themselves. If they don't get that right, they're in a proper situation there. I think where I think tops is going to absolutely rule the market. I think, um, I mean, World Cup-wise, I, don't even I saw Topps release a Nations League set, but that's nothing to do with the World Cup. I don't even know. To be fair, have they even released any World Cup sets? I haven't even seen.
0: Uh, they're so far that Panini-wise, it's just been the road to Qatar, hasn't it? So they can get Haaland in, basically. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that the
1: Mosaic thing again?
0: Yeah, Mosaic and then the Don Ross, weren't it? Road to Qatar. i tell you what.
1: It's, it's just, I think it says it all. If you look at top, um not tops, you look at Panini, they just release about two or three sets of the same thing, just a different design, different spin on it. i a... I assume Mosaic will be one so one numbered per box, which I don't think people will like, probably. And I think, the like I say, the World Cup Prism, they've got to pull something out of the bag there. They have to because I don't even know where they even go next because Premier League-wise, people don't like Mosaic. Well, I think Mosaic's more in the middle, really, the people do not like Prism anymore. Um, I think that's a given because the boxes this year were terrible. Last year, as we thought, were pretty... I I thought weren't great, but to be fair, compared to this year's were fantastic. But I think it's more so for the World Cup, getting back on a topic, it's more so just anything that comes out, I'll just get involved and do. Um, Because there's quite a lot of releases coming out, and to be fair, I I would not be surprised if you look. I think Tops released Salzburg on the same day that Panini released. Was it Mosaic? They released something like that. I guarantee you on the Mosaic World Cup release, Tops will release something. It'll happen it'll be something like a PSG curate uh chrome set everyone's be like well no one cares about world cuff anymore let's do for that one that will what that is yeah I just think uh give everything a go and just see what people like that's what it's all about really what people enjoy the formats they enjoy and just
0: you know whatever they like I'll do hundred percent and my perfect intelligence to so our next talking point is that a lot of people are getting a lot of cards now and many places to put the cards and everything so a lot, some people do know, know that you obviously have a supplies business as well for, especially the big carry cases, which people, I think people definitely need to do when they get just any money or charge at all, because you need to keep your A, your big money cards protected and be safe, because some of these are very expensive. So what also made you think about the, like the supplies industry as well, rather than just breaking?
1: Um, it was one of those, really, I was getting messages from people. And it was—it wasn't actually abusive messages for once. It was a message saying, um, you know, I, I want somewhere to store my cards. Where it's more so, where do you store your cards? And at the time, I didn't have anywhere to store them. To be honest with you, I don't know where. I can't actually remember where they were. I don't know. If they weren't. They weren't in anywhere protected anyway, which wasn't great. Um, they were saying to me, "Look, there's options, you know, here, there, and everywhere, but it's too expensive, and I want something that's more affordable." And you know the essentially they were just saying they want something a bit more affordable um because i can't remember how much some of the cases were going for but anyway it was it was a fair bit of money for a case so i thought right okay so i used to send people so i used to say like right why don't you look on b and q and have a look you know the tools cases you can get with the removable phone have a look on there people got them people thought yeah they're actually all right people still have them i think and there were ones on amazon as well which like 30 quid but some cards didn't fit in them so you put them in there wasn't allocated slots and in some cases the lid wouldn't shut on some of them so i thought right i was getting messages saying look we need to fa- well can you can you have a look and find something so i was like right okay i'll have a look um took a little while to find to be fair i was just having a look at different suppliers different things that they had and the different volumes they wanted me to buy to be fair because with manufacturing, we've got to buy a cheaper amount of units unfortunately but and I just bought a load of samples because I thought I want to make sure I'd buy it first before other people buy it because I'd hope people would buy what I'd buy. But anyway, uh, I've got the samples in, and I think the first one I got, I think I got a three-row and a four-row case in. Which, if you don't know, the three rows allocated slots of PSA slabs, CSG slabs, and the four row can fit essentially anything mags, you know, BSG, uh, BGS slabs, all that stuff. Um. And I gave them a go. They're really robust. There's locks on them. It was padded. And my cards didn't move. So I put them in the allocated slots. You can literally shake the case. The cards don't move. Um, I tried everything, to be fair. I put a load of cheaper cards in. And I was dropping them. I was doing everything. I was literally like seeing those adverts where people get those phone cases and drop them from a crane. I was essentially doing that with the cases. Not to that extent, though, because I'm sure <laughs> they will break. Don't try it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so gave them a go. And I thought, you know what? They work really well so i decided to place an order for them uh it was a bit of a gamble really because i would never done anything like it before to so place an order for them uh, it took a while to come and i decided to release the website so i put the website live and the main thing for me was price um and it was also what people wanted people the, the main thing people wanted was cheap price non-branded and just a plain black case essentially for cheap um, which protected the card. So I thought, okay, I can do that. Because to be fair, I'd want those things. I'd want a cheaper case. I'd want it unbranded. That's just me. Anyway, got them in. And I te- you know, put the prices in my Discord. And I thought, right, I'll ask what people think of these prices and see. So I put them in. And straight away, everyone was like, yeah, that's great. Nobody disagreed. No one thought, oh, it needs to be cheaper. Everyone's like, I'd buy that. So i like, okay, so how many do I have to buy to get that? So I had to buy X amounts. Um, got them all in. The website, and I decided to drip, you know, like kind of put them on in smaller batches so instead of just releasing all of them in one go. I decided to do like sort of like lightning rounds where if you know FIFA, essentially, you know, limited amounts 10 of them on there, for example. And now, it like, comes out at five o'clock, first send to buy, don't know when the restocking did that anyway. Um, to be honest, I never expected the amount that I've sold to have sold that was never the plan, to be fair, it was more so just to get people. Because I don't mind holding them. So be fair, because people need them and will need them throughout whenever, and it's just one of those things, and So anyway, they, they, honestly, um, they and the appreciation I have for people it flew out ridiculously quick, because I think the price and the the, the price was a lot lower than anyone that I'd seen, um, and that was the main thing, like I've said. And then the main thing then was, uh, you know, just pro- it, it, the main objective is to provide the storage. And then I was looking at things like you know, wall displays and all those types of things. And I have got some uh, that I've got here, samples, but I don't know. I wasn't a massive fan of them. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of them. So I just stuck with the storage things because I knew with card shows, with just general storage at home, people want things like that, which are locked, they're protected, and they're just safe, aren't they? You can put them away and no one can get in there unless you have the code. And you can just take them to shows. And I think that's the main thing. There's a lot more card shows in the UK are popping up. And people want to bring their card to trade, to sell, whatever the way they do it. And they don't want to be, you know, having them in a backpack or something. You put your backpack down and they're not locked. If you get that case, it's locked. No one can get in. And with that in thought, because obviously I'm going to be going, well, I'm going to try myself to go to a lot more shows. I get a load of sticks that I don't go to enough because I've only ever been to one. So I'm I'm going to try and go to London. I think there's the next one. might be wrong. London. And... I thought, instead of lumbering a four-row case with loads of cards in, why don't you try and get a smaller one? So I've now released a one-row case, which is a lot smaller. It's more like a – the only way I can describe it is if any – well, I don't know how many people are going to have played the flute. I haven't played the flute. But, you know, the little cases you put a flute in are tiny. It's that for your cards. So you can only put, like – I don't know how many exactly because I've got a sample coming on Monday, but you can only put a certain amount of cards in there. It's not loads. It's perfect for a show. Easy to move around. It's lightweight, all of that type of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's one of those. It so takes very minimal work because they're all here. All you have to do is make a box, pad it all out, put them in and put a label on. It's fantastic, to be fair. Um, and, yeah, pe- people really like them, and I haven't had any bad comments on them. People said they're really good quality, and um, that's the main thing for me, really, is that people like them and use them and uh, take them to shows.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think... Uh, there's becoming a bigger problem now because everyone's getting more and more cards and mm-hmm. especially that the price of cards going up and, and people's gems and their pcs they want to store properly away from the sunlight mm-hmm. in proper heavy protection rather than just some people just have them on the side or in a drawer so it definitely helps that factor out and like you said you're mainly focusing on like the actual hard carry cases but you said like stands would you ever like Venture into looking at other industry, or do you think you prefer just to stay in the case, like cases, and then potentially bring out more different variations of the cases, like you said, the uh, one row case.
1: Um, are you want about supplies mainly? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, the actual supplies and like top loaders and sleeves. i will be honest with you, I'm not really interested in that type of stuff. Um, it's not really for me. Whereas the dis- the one thing that I do like is the display aspect because I feel like we all have these cards. They're all put away in these cases. And then for me, maybe specifically for me, I bought a card maybe a month ago. I haven't seen it since I received it because I put it in the case and I haven't got it back out again. And I just think if you, you know, at home, and the, the only issue is direct sunlight, which is the thing, but, you know, just getting somewhere to display them nicely. You bought these cards, you're proud of them, you know, a nice way to display them and make them safe. And that's the thing that I am looking at. But it's difficult to find, really, because with that, the cases are just black. They're just regular cases. Realistically, no one's going to have an issue with the design of it because it's a case, isn't it, at the end of the day, whereas something to display the cards, and that's quite personal, isn't it? So, Whereas I might like something in black to display stuff in, someone might like it in green to display it in, and it's very difficult to because to get them in different colours. For example, you'd have to order a lot of each one. You can't just order, say... 20 of this 20 of this 20 of this 20 that you can't it's like minimum like 200 of each so it just wouldn't work for me personally because they wouldn't sell anyway 200 of each of them that's what it's a lot less personal the cases is is the point that i'm trying to make whereas display aspect is a lot more personal and it's a difficult one it is something i'm looking into for sure um but i think the main thing for me is just making sure different variations of cases is an interesting one because there are a lot of them um There's one that I've got, which I haven't even told anyone, really, and it's a bit of an odd one, really. It's essentially a three-row case, but it's, like, a lot deeper, and it's got a drawer. So it, like, opens up at the top, goes, and then there's a drawer underneath where you can put, like, BGS slabs and stuff. It's quite cool. The issue is quite expensive, but I just wanted to see what it was like, but um, that might be something that I do. But there's there's loads of different uh, variations of cases, which if people came to me and say, look, I want this type of case, and multiple people said that they'd buy it, and I'd get it in. The issue for me, if I could buy one of each case and sell it, fantastic for everyone who wants to buy. But the problem is, I've got to buy a certain amount of them. There's loads, and if I'm sat with loads of these cases, which only one person wants, it's not really worth doing. But yeah, oh, yeah. for me, I think it's just sticking with the cases for now and just seeing where it goes.
0: Definitely, and like you said, like massive thing for car shows. Whether you're a vendor or a uh, actual going there just to trade or buy. And obviously you're going to try and get down to a few. And obviously it's big one in July 23rd, which is the London one. Um, do you think it's a great to see now that obviously there's a load of shows popping up now. We've got Northwest, we've got Glasgow, we've got Cardiff, Nottingham, we've got all of them appearing, but it's good to see everyone actually getting involved with the hobby and not just everyone sitting behind their laptop, their phone, or whatever product they use to watch breaks, buy cars, but actually go down in person. And it's actually easier when you don't have to think, oh, what's the condition of the card? You can actually just look at it.
1: Oh, no, to be fair, it's great. I think the amount of shows we're getting is fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it's great, to be fair. And I think covering different aspects of the, of the country, because a lot of them are just being down south, which to me, up north, is a long... To be honest, the travel down and back is longer than the actual show is. So for me, I kind of weigh it up, and I'm thinking four hours of a show, but, like, six hours travel. It's just like, I don't know, but... I think I'm going to try and do the London one because I feel like I might get like threats made towards me, <laughs> but um, but no, from Max especially if he's listening to this. But no, um, I think really with the shows, and I think it's great meeting people in person because I don't know if you went to the Northwest show. I can't actually. Did, did you go to the Northwest show?
0: Not the last one. I will no. be at the next one. But
1: right. No. So yeah. So I, the, the Northwest show it was very odd for me because. I'll just say, as I've said, I've streamed for however long. And I've, there's people who come into my stream who I've seen for years and years. And I know them all by their name. And people are coming up to me going, Hi, Links. And I'm sat there going, Whoa. Who, like, how, why do you know my name? But I'm like, Right, they know my name, but I don't know yours. So the first thing I say is, What's your Twitch name? <laughs> so it's so like I'm calling them all by the Twitch name. I was looking at me like, This guy's weird. But no, um, it was just great meeting people because you make a connection online through, you know, your Twitch chat, through Instagram, whatever. And it's just nice to make that connection a bit more personal. And you know, and you already feel for me anyway. Um, I'm sure it's the same for you. You feel like you know these people. I talk to them every single day, and you know, you have a laugh with them. You have a joke with them. You take the mic out of them. They take the mic out of you. And then you never see them. You just, you know, they can see me. I can't see them. But then seeing them is great. Um, and you can have a laugh with them. And you know, you can see some of their cars. You know, they've said they've got or they've got from me, and they've got them graded with Aaron or whoever. And then you can you know it's just great meeting people and it's fantastic it's the thing that i love about cards more than when i did fifa and stuff because i feel like fifa's a lot more toxic whereas this is a lot more inclusive you know you can be however old, whatever gender whatever and you know everyone comes together and it's great And the generosity i've seen it shows as well is fantastic you know people buying sealed products looking at it going i don't want that give that away to someone who comes past if they want it and it's just it's fantastic the community is great
0: I uh, 100% agree with you. I think it is very funny at card shows. You can literally be talking to someone that you spoke to every day for like two, three years and you have no idea who they are. <laughs> and you, like you say, you've got to mention your Twitch name, your Instagram name, and then you're like, oh, how you doing, mate? Look like, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And especially at these shows now, it's becoming bigger and better that there's a lot more cards available. So last talking point is your PC. Obviously, massive Liverpool fan. Yeah. A f- few Man United cards and Chelsea one. But I didn't say that. You've made that up. Well. Yeah, that, <laughs> i read it that out, don't worry. Uh, uh, so, obviously, I know personally what, like, some of the cards you do have, but just say, is it everyone in general? Is there certain players in particular at Liverpool that you've actually um, got quite a few cards off?
1: It's not everybody. It's more so the players that I like at the time. And to be honest with you, it changes constantly. But for me... The main ones that I love, for obvious reasons, is Steven Gerrard, especially now that there's autographs of his coming out from Topps. absolutely love it. Fantastic. The only issue is the prices of them. So if people want to list them cheaper for me, that'd be fantastic. But Gerrard cards, Jordan Henderson. Uh, not many people I don't see. There's a guy on Instagram who's got an unbelievable Henderson collection. Um, the best I've seen anyway. And I think Jordan Henderson, for me... He's just very overlooked. He's just, you know, he's won so much as Liverpool captain, but everyone's more interested in Salah and Mane or whoever else. But for me, Jordan Henderson, and I love his stuff. So Henderson, oh God, who else? Salah. And the issue with that, the I've kind of paused on Salah because he might leave and then I might cry. So I paused on buying Salah stuff. Alisson's a big one for me and Trent. They're the main ones that I go for. And Van Dyke, don't forget Van Dyke. But yeah, they're the main ones. The, the, my favourites the Trent's early stuff because he doesn't he doesn't sign anything anymore. So it's like eighteen, nineteen, seventeen, eighteen, whatever, all that museum stuff. Absolutely love it. Um, but my, to be fair, my, my favourite bit of my PC that I've got only because I got a card the other day is I've got, which I'm sure you and Aaron know, I've got quite a lot of fusions from Top's finest, which I think are, I think are very undervalued because they're so short print and they look fantastic. Um, And my Trent collection now, I think I'm missing about two or three of the cards and I've got the full thing and I'm super excited to get that done. Just got to wait for it to pop up. But yeah, I've got, you know, the Odd Man United card, but I misclicked on it. I thought it was uh someone else. I misclicked that on tops and bought that. Um, I, I'll be honest, one surprising one, which a lot of people have, I don't really have that many other rookies like Pedri or anything like that. In the first one I bought was the you know, the dual auto super fatty and off top you see, I bought that. Um, but yeah, r- really for me, it's just, it's a difficult one really being, it's, 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 I'm sure rival fans like Arsenal, like you for example, would say Liverpool's great. You're in every set, you've got fantastic cards. And when you're trying to buy them all, it's not great to be honest. <laughs> so there's times where I'm sat there wishing, I wish we were a bit like Arsenal so there weren't as many cards to buy. But um, yeah, it's one of those. I want to try and get, you know, uh, to be, my, my aim is trying to get one of the best Jordan Henderson PCs, I think. Um, I'd love to get the best Gerrard, but I'm going to need financial backing off like Bill Gates or something to complete that one. So, um, but yeah, that's my aim. One of the best Liverpool collections I can do. Um, and I, I recently got in contact with, some, uh, got put in contact with a guy called Mitch. And I don't know if you've seen his collection, I don't know if he's graded with Aaron. Oh my God. He's got one of the best Liverpool, like it's all before like 2017. All of his Liverpool stuff so he's got like Henderson one of one printing plates from 2014 um I've he's got a one of one breakaway Henderson also from the year we won the league which I bought um thankfully did a deal with him I'm so happy about that one that's going to Aaron as well he better be ready for that one no apes on that one but um yeah no it's just Liverpool for me really I, I love Liverpool and uh no more United cards that's what I say.
0: <laughs> lastly there's a tricky question i like to ask. if there was any players that haven't got autos yet even yeah. past or present like in the liverpool shirt whatever yeah. product who would you like it to be
1: there's one player that stands out it's a bit of a conflict of interest for me because the cards i have got but it'd be mo Salah, i think um the only issue i've got is the cards i've got of his i feel like would go down in value if you had an autograph because i've got an impeccable card of his, um, which is essentially the best thing you can get at the moment because you can't get better than a patch for Salah. And I feel like that would go down, but I feel in the long run, a Salah autographed Liverpool card. He's a, he's a legend. And I think a oh, that would be the most expensive card I've ever tried to get, but also the most amazing card ever. And I think a lot of Liverpool fans would love a Mo Salah signed card, but I don't think it'll happen, to be honest.
0: I know it'd be very good for you if it does, but maybe the bank will probably say something. I'll tell you what, easier. last
1: thing though, Tops, so if you get a Liverpool license, get Salah signed on card also, and I'll pay whatever you want for the box deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if Tops are listening, we want uh, just every single Tops, uh, Chrome, Liverpool Chrome set, uh, set just directly. To do, yeah, like, if you, if you put one
1: of ones in the box as well, just every card one of one. I won't tell anybody, promise.
0: <laughs> well, we're here to take all the one of ones in the whole. <laughs> place here, so that's Hello, fine. not, not jump into conclusions.
1: Ask. They need to get the license first, don't they?
0: <laughs> but no, that but like I say, brilliant. Really brilliant So it's um just in case people don't know where to find either your breaks or just place. Whereabouts would they should they go and find you?
1: Uh, so Instagram at TFF breaks. Just post all the hits on there. But main place is the website, which is tffbreaks.com and then i'm live every single evening on twitch.tv forward slash the fifa finisher um yeah that's where i'm live every evening come in and chat any questions the thing that i always find is people don't ask questions because they feel like it's stupid and i'm telling you if you think that there'll be other people who think that and i enjoy answering the questions to be fair so anything like that and then the other thing is i've got a discord as well uh i think we're over 1700 members in there at the moment and honestly it's uh a great place for anybody new into the hobby or already you know, established in the hobby to just get in, ask any questions, get involved in the community because it's fantastic and they're on. So I think anyone who's in there with uh, for it and tell you. So, yeah, that's everything.
0: Lovely. So, yeah, again, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. No doubt we'd like to have you on in the future to talk about, at the time, potentially World Cup, Prism or whatever releases from there and then.
1: No, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime you want me on, I'm happy to uh, come
0: back. Thank you very much. And like I said, that is another episode of the Top Loaded Podcast. We've got to thank everyone for your continued support. And we can't wait to bring you the next episode and everything to come in the future. But as always, happy hobby and happy collecting. But most importantly, stay safe and good night.